Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of TechCast with the 429 Podcast. I'm 4. 2. And I'm 9. And, you know, this is now our second week in a row. We're back at it. Uh, hopefully we can keep the streak going again. You know, keep bringing you guys episodes of TechCast. Um, you know, as per usual, this is world is pretty crazy, so we got quite a few things to talk about that went on this week. So why don't we go ahead and get right in to episode 27. All right. First thing, you guys know my favorite articles. Come on, I'm a cybersecurity nerd. You know this. Mm-hmm. 21 million user data exposed in a massive VPN hack. So I love how this always happens on one of your weeks. Two VPN providers, uh, Super VPN, Gecko VPN. I'm sorry, three VPN providers and Chat VPN. All free services, by the way, free, right? So. All of them lost 21 million overall uh, mobile app user data. And, you know, this Fun. included stuff like um, uh, email addresses, randomly generated password strings, payment information, device IDs, like you name it. They got a lot of stuff from this breach. It was, you know, this is a really messy one. And, you know, I hope that, you know, these free VPN services were doing proper things like, I don't know, um, being PCI compliant and properly protecting your payment card information as well as you know using good password hashing techniques in order to actually make sure your passwords and whatnot are safe and secure in the event of a breach mm-hmm. something tells me that um the free software that had massive breach like this might not be following those guidelines to the t but you know hopefully hopefully they were fingers crossed um you know, I feel like every week we're here talking about another data breach or another privacy violation. And, you know, hopefully this stuff starts happening less and less. You know, I would maybe like to see these guys be made an example out of. If all this data gets breached and it was for, you know, another dumb reason. You know, like, yeah, I, I always think back to this, right? Like your Equifax breach where they were running an outdated version of Apache Struts or, you know your recent solar winds breach where some of these breaches were caused by you know lack of password management and literally having just terrible password security you know a lot of these things just seem to be complete oversight and negligence and you know you can't have that um anyway what do you guys think about this i think this is a pretty blunderous situation it's um pretty upsetting i mean i, I really like um what is it malware bytes right yep I kind of mm-hmm. like them. I use them a bit. Um, and I thought they were always pretty good. Oh, no, 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 no. So this, the Malware Bytes is just the, the article it's reporting. The, the actual oh, services no. were SuperVPN, VPN, and ChatVPN. Oh, okay. They might, they might, uh, that was good because I, I like them. Okay, so yeah. Um, I mean, it, it was, it, they were free, right? That was the yep. biggest appeal. Yep. Okay, so it made, it made sense. I mean, it, it's, it's the number one rule when it comes to uh, your security. If it's free, it's going to come at a cost. <laughs> And if it's free, it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, it pretty much is. If there's one thing, if you should take away one thing from this uh, this episode today, if you're looking into security tools or anything that protects your, anything sensitive information about you, make sure it's not on a free service. And it, where's the money to protect you? There isn't. So they're going to be cut. They're going to be uh, shortcuts. And most likely it's going to come at the cost of your information. Uh, it's just pretty much a clock ticking. Eventually, you're going to be the one that loses the information. You know, I think that's kind of a good general rule. Um, 
a lot, oh, you're right. A lot of the free services are really just like adware, or they're not properly secured, or they don't do the right things. And I'm not going to okay. say that for every free service because you know some of them do do a good job. Like you know, for example, um, I think you know LastPass I think has some free options or um... it was. So they recently changed their policy actually. Oh, did they? I see. Yeah, so it's still free. So people who are out there who are want to be into LastPass, it's still free. Uh, but they changed this, and now you can't just use an amount of devices. You have to limit it to one type of device. Mm. So it's still free. I mean, but you know, it it, it limited. I would say one that so far has been an exception to the rule has been a, a password manager called Bitwarrant. Mm-hmm. They're completely free. And from my research on them, all their security stuff comes with the free child, right? Um, this means like, you know, uh, what's it called? All the security encryptions you can do, all that type. You can encrypt your vault, decrypt all free of charge completely. Uh, and they run mostly on donations and the fact that they're open source. Um uh, and you and and the uh, to upgrade to their premium just offers even more advanced security stuff, mm-hmm. and it's really cheap too. So I, I highly recommend them. They're really good, and I would say they're only exception to the rule. But usually, you can also kind of tell when one of these free ones are kind of like, like you said, malware. Especially even the name itself kind of gives it away. Like if it's like super VPN or like free VPN or ultra fast VPN, like it's like if their name <laughs> sounds like a like a tagline. Or an advertisement of their of their of their service, it's kind of a red flag. So you're telling me about super amazing free VPN I have right now is not safe? Yeah, yeah. And the one that installs two two bars on your browser, that's kind of a bad sign too. Uh, usually. Oh. usually. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. that was a feature, not a nah, bug. Nah, nah, nah. I'm looking at you, Yahoo, who keeps installing. <laughs> you know how many how many family members I had to uninstall two bars from Yahoo because of them. But yeah, I mean that's that's uh, that's I think that's a good rule. I think that's a really key. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. That's true. What do you think, too? No, I agree. I agree. I think you guys both nailed it on the head, right? Like, you got to be very mindful of your security. If you're using a free VPN, uh, got a hint, don't. Um, use something that's a more, you know, sustainable service. Uh, my personal recommendation is NordVPN. Hell I know yeah. that's the most that's the most familiar one I am aware of, and it's actually been pretty safe, and, you know, it's not, it's not bad, but you can also just not use a VPN also, right? Just be, don't be stupid on the internet. Is my if you need to use a VPN here. and you want to save a couple of bucks, there's really two options you can go down. Either watch a YouTube video. Eventually, one of them is going to advertise you NordVPN or ExpressVPN. Use their code. Whatever. you probably save a couple of bucks. Wait until Black Friday. That's how I got my great deal. Mm-hmm. The other route, and this is talking to all my programmer listeners out there, make your own VPN server. It's very doable mm-hmm. and it's a great project itself. And you can harvest all the benefits of a VPN without any of the cost. Yeah, you can so, use services like OpenVPN is a really popular one. Um, exactly. You know, even a lot of your modern routers for your, you know, that use for your home network actually have VPN services built in, or like exactly. you know, native compatibility with like OpenVPN. So, yeah. So if you don't use, even have uh, like that, you could you use know, a Pi. Yep. And then it's other than that, it's you know pretty much free, right? You host it on your router, or you get a thirty-dollar Raspberry Pi, and I mean you're essentially you're, you're you're navigating securely for free um now the only thing i would note about that is just do be aware now you know anyone that is going to breach your device might have access to your home network so depending on the reason for you using a vpn uh, maybe you don't want to be vpn into your home network at that point in time so that's just one consideration i would make but aside from that if you're just doing it for the purposes of browsing privately 
um, and ensuring that all of your you know transmissions are secure and you're not really worried about being breached or anything at that point in time then that's another really good alternative definitely yep yeah anyway uh let's take a look what do we got next so i think uh nine i think you're you especially are gonna like this one but this is a little bit of a shake-up in the music streaming world and maybe we can see another competitor getting a little bit larger here so anyway square you know like the actual uh company i believe that like the little square payment stuff their payment card industry i'm from um, mm-hmm. they just bought a majority uh ownership of the music streaming application title um so if you guys don't know what title is title is pretty much meant for high quality like music audio files right they stream everything in like studio quality um you know, it's meant for people who really, really like audio and like high quality audio. So that's been their main, um, I guess, interest since they really started to stream music. Um, but now Square bought them. You know, Square is very publicized. They have commercials everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. I can say I don't think I've ever seen a title commercial before actually trying to like sell me title. Um, so I guess they, they they might spread a lot over word of mouth or maybe you know my my ad details just don't do enough to get me their their ads. But anyway. I know that Square is very big in advertising and marketing, and you know you see their commercials all over. So I'm curious if you know we're going to see more of Title now, kind of getting pushed at you as an alternative to Spotify and you know Apple Music or whatever. Um, and on top of that, Square actually adds Jay Z to the board, and you know that's another reason why I think they might try to kind of gain some more publicity here, right? Because you don't just add a big name like Jay Z to the board of uh, of the artist company and you know, and not be trying to kind of expand your marketing. Um, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kick off this comment, yeah, commentary on this one. I'm very familiar with title actually. Um, so title is actually, um, this is insane news, first of all, for square, right? Because it's kind of, if you want to think about it in a sense, this is kind of like how Apple acquired beats, right? Yeah. Except now, you know, you had beats music, you know, beats headphones, the beats, uh, product that they were selling title is strictly music, uh, streaming services, right? And it's very high quality. And the reason it was designed was Jay-Z was actually one of the founders, right? They wanted to make, you know, they wanted to make a music streaming platform that was for the artist by the artist, right? And that's what the whole goal behind Tidal was. And, you know, it's been an amazing platform. Um, Super excited to see what Square does with this. And Square, you know, itself is just becoming a powerhouse when it comes to this whole space, right? You know, they had um, their their owners of Cash App, their owners of Stellar. Square itself is a financial tech company, but it's nice to see them expand outside of the fintech realm, but to also get into this music streaming. It's going to be exciting to see and what they do with Title, right? And I don't, I don't want to interrupt. I think the power. Here, but do we know mm-hmm. who the do you know who the CEO of Title of uh, Square is? That's uh, Jack Dorsey, Jack right? Jack Dorsey. Yeah. Yep. Twitter. Yep. 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 See, the same CEO of Twitter, actually, right? So he runs both companies. So it's going to be really exciting to see the synergies that come from this, and just see how the advertising is going to go through. And I think you nailed it, right? I think the advertising is going to go. Which, insanely well, right? More than it has in the past, right? Because I have seen title advertisements, but you're right in the sense that Apple Music, Spotify, you know, really have a, gra- a grasp and hold on the advertising market. So it's going to be exciting to see how title is going to become the next uh, much bigger player that's seeing it soon. So it's going to be exciting. What you think about it, right? Title is just, I mean, Twitter is just basically a marketplace ads mm-hmm. at this point. So it makes sense. The thing I'm more surprised about is the fact that two knows about title. 
You I don't really, know that. I, really, I, know I, that. I think that's the biggest news here. I'm, I don't really catch you as a <laughs> high fidelity music listener. Uh, so when, when are you going to tell me you're a user of Tidal? Uh, I'm not a user of Tidal, actually, because I don't pay for music streaming services. I'm a cheap ass that way. But <laughs> I, know a lot about, I know a lot about Tidal because I am a Jay-Z fan, right? So I do know a lot about Tidal from that perspective. Well, let me tell you my perspective as a Tidal user who's not a fan of Jay-Z. Um, <laughs> okay. So complete opposite, but if you think about it more inside, uh, title's really great. Um, I think it fits that niche uh, for very, uh, what we call ourselves, audio affiliates, uh, you know, people who really care about audio the quality. Files. Audio files, whatever, audio files. They basically really care about the quality of music, right? Um, it's to the point that if someone recommends them Spotify, they kind of spit on their faces. Um, Spotify is notorious for having really low quality on a streaming service, but for many people, they don't really care, right? It, it just, it, for most people, they can't even tell the difference. If you gave them two different quality of audios, uh, it just sounds the same. Of course, it comes comes down to the equipment you're running on. Like if you're running on like an iPhone 5 and you're, you're not going to hear a difference if you have both of them. But if you have the equipment, there's going to be a difference. And Tidal gives you that option that a lot of streaming services don't have. Apple Music, Spotify, they don't really have an option for high-fidelity streaming audio quality. Uh, and Tidal does. To the point that they even, I think they patent their own format called Master, which mm -hmm. runs at a 24-bit, uh, 48 kilohertz per second uh, streaming rate without um, having all the data transfer. I think they do it like every other, they do, I think, some sort of algorithm where they kind of mimic they do like every half a second and they, they fill in the gaps so they're able to basically get the similar quality but without all the the data uh payload of it associated with it so it's kind of their own format they call it master and it, and it, they claim it it's almost basically as good as hearing it in the studio uh but i i personally use it i think it's great and honestly i think the biggest issue is that it just needs more eyes on it i think it needs more people i, I think pretty much their their ui is pretty good they're 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 what they're selling i think is perfect for the right person the only thing i think it really comes down to is like small qualities of life like the recommendation algorithms is like horrible compared to spotify i think they still rank king on that and just other stuff like like that and of course if you're someone who doesn't really care about quality this is not going to win you over but like you said, like uh, Four said, having more marketing for them, it's going to really help them out. I, 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 we also I, have to remember the one big thing, one big difference you see between Spotify, Apple Music, and Tidal is that Spotify and Apple Music, as well as YouTube Music, right? They have just a much wider selection of songs to listen to, right? That's and I true. Think Tidal, I think Tidal being acquired by literally a company that manages finances for a living will actually like be a much better partner in order to manage their finances and get the rights and copyrights to a lot of different more a lot more music right so yeah. yeah i mean and, it definitely helps and if you think about like uh you know the new owner jack dorsey like him or hate him he's really good at designing a user experience and he's really good at working with uh graph relationship based data right twitter shows that twitter has an immense user base and they are very good at quickly getting you your feed connecting with your followers, showing you tweets that are related to the tweets that you're interested in and have been liking, right? I mean, in terms of relating data back to you and using graph logic like that, his experience from Twitter, as well as the Twitter UI, which in my opinion is probably the nicest UI out of every single um, 
what do you call it? Uh, social media. Social media out there. I'm a big fan of Twitter's UI. Um, you know, combine all that. Plus, now think about how well uh, Square integrates, right? All their marketing that they do and um, just like their, their user experience as well. I think that they're going to be big, big hits in title and can lead to some major developments in terms of their overall experience. And then, you know, just the publicity that comes by it. I bet you there are some artists that might not even know of title, you know, or don't have no interest in it. But yeah. now Jack Dorsey owns title and all of a sudden people will be interested just because they people know. People are going to care about it. Yeah. I also, yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that UI thing because I, I think another thing that uh, speaking of Square does really well is their UI too. Like if you think about it, I think one of the difficult, the most difficult applications to make a good AI for is fintech mm-hmm. most of the time. And they make it so nice. As someone who used Square before, it's really like user friendly. Like to the point, like I don't, you don't even need to know like the most complicated stuff and you can still ha- manage most of your business and yep. stuff like that on the fly. I think, I think you're right. And I, I, I really can't see, can't wait to see how title groups on this. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting. Also, nine. I really didn't know that you were into the high fidelity music either. I mean, I'm sitting yeah. here expecting like, what are you gonna tell me? Like, oh, let, let me let me show you my Macintosh preamp and my Bowers of Wilkins 808. <laughs> Dude, when you buy a turntable, you pretty much get high fidelity community. It's, you're you're pretty much asking. For- I will I will never forget listening in a audio demo room to the sound of silence be played on those that pair of Bowers and Wilkins 808 Diamond Series speakers. They, you know. It's quite incredible. You, you know, I can I can never listen to music the same way ever again because it was incredible. just so crystal clear. Yeah. And spectacular. Incredible. Anyway, um, I think you two will really like this next article. This is big news. Flutter 2, baby. Flutter 2. Oh, I heard about this. I so think. we've got more really? developments coming out of Google's Flutter project. Um, for those of you who don't know what Flutter is, it's another native solution for um, mobile apps. At least that's mostly what they did. You know, it's like React Native, where instead of needing to program in, you know, uh, Objective C slash Swift or Java slash Kotlin, uh, you could program in like JavaScript, for example, is React Native, or in Dart, you, or, or use Dart for Flutter, right? Yeah. Um, it's a way for developers to make one application that's you know multi-platform available very easily. Um, anyway. Flutter was always slightly behind their biggest competition with React and React Native because they did not have any web app support. And I don't believe React has direct support in the uh, in the desktop app environment. I mean, I know Electron exists, but I don't know if that's directly managed by React in the same way. But, you know, anyway, they were kind of lacking in their other areas and other kind of uh, application types. But now Flutter is kind of looking like they might try to take a step ahead so Flutter has released more support for web applications, right? For Chrome, Firefox, Safari, and Edge. Um, it's also got a little bit more support for IoT devices now, right? You know, cars, TVs, home appliances, whatever. And I believe the biggest update coming out of this is their desktop app support, which is meant to be, I guess, kind of a better replacement for what is now Electron, um, is now part of their stable branch. And they do note, though, they do note just because they've added it to stable, they wanted to make it fully available to everybody without restriction, but it is still not completely finalized. So even though it's instable, it's not quite stable yet, if that makes sense to you guys. Um, but Yep, yep, that makes sense. Anyway, you know, this is a kind of a big move for Flutter. Um, it's been long awaited. A lot of people have been, you know, kind of, even myself included, have been waiting to get on the Flutter bandwagon because 
know, there are things that React does very well, like I said, including being able to make websites and mobile apps with some shared code base. And, you know, now that Flutter is taking that extra step as well, I think that that's going to be big for them. And the fact that they have the added desktop support, that's even bigger. You know, imagine being able to build a, an app for Chrome, Firefox, Edge, for iOS, Android, right, for um, Windows and Mac, right, all at the same time with very similar shared code bases and shared components. It's kind of incredible. Look, I am super excited for this. I've been waiting forever for them to actually have stable web. And so it's going to be a really fun yeah, conversation yeah, yeah, on how to work, it's not work tomorrow. It's not stable. No, web is stable. They, they now support desktop applications, which are not stable, but they yeah, are all phasing out the beta version of it. So it's like it's a, so nine. Remember when we were programming the mobile apps, right? And how web wasn't stable; it was still a beta version. Uh-huh. Now it's the same thing, but now you have mobile and web are stable, and now desktop support is in the beta version. So this is actually super exciting from a developer standpoint to actually see, you know, mobile and web app support all in one, right? And I'm excited to see. And I didn't even know they were focusing on desktop support, so I can't wait to also write native desktop apps within the next couple of years with uh, Flutter three. Right. So this is this is super, super, super exciting um, personally for me from a Flutter user and a Flutter developer. So I'm excited to see, you know, all the support and the community that comes around this. But nine, I'm going to shoot it over to you as my fellow Flutter dev. That's all right. All right, cool. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I knew this was going on. Um, There was a rumor a couple of weeks ago, I think a week or two. Uh, I, I follow a lot of the Flutter forums and communities. Right. And uh, there was one that someone noted that uh, Flutter's website uh, recently changed their their uh, what's it called release tags to add uh, what's it called Windows, Mac, and Linux. And then there, everyone was just hyping up. Oh, that means web's coming out. So this has been kind of rumored for like a week or two. I'm glad they finally announced it. Um, and yeah, like two said, I as someone who uses Flutter, who has proclaimed the the the, the appeal and the benefits of Flutter compared to React Native and all those to many people, like at least 10. Um, and no, at I, least 10. <laughs> and, announced, uh, and announced that I think Flutter has a great future. Uh, this is, this is a, a great step in, in terms of that. I think Flutter has a great potential. Um, I, I don't think it's going to outright replace React and stuff like that, because I think it's always going to have its own use and its own use cases and stuff like that. But you know, like two said, the, the ability to have a developer, you know, even a small team now create a large array of different tools and yeah. and you know, applications from across different platforms. That's that's a power move. That's a that's a legit power move. You're talking about what took like three teams, three dedicated teams cannot be done with one small team. So it's really fascinating. I really can't wait to play around with this all this weekend. That's that's what my weekend's plans are probably gonna be. So Same. My forward. weekend plans have just changed. Looking forward to it. This is really great news. This is a really yep. good week. So, well, keeping with the theme of Google, let's go ahead and do one more big Google article for this week. Google has promised to stop selling targeted ads based on browsing history. So this is kind of massive for Google, right? Because I mean, up until that's now, their business. <laughs> up until now, you're right. That's their business, right? They've always been known as that kind of data giant, right? They all they do is track people. They sell data. They advertise. They market. Right. This is all Google does. That's like their entire monetary platform. That's bread and butter. Correct. So, I mean, I don't think any of us could have saw this coming. 
I mean, it's something we've been wishing for, right? I mean, we preach privacy every week on this on this on this show, and how important it is. And I mean, I don't know what made Google do it. Maybe it was the fact that everyone is annoyed with them and they're fed up, and you know they want their privacy. Maybe something is going on in the background where they're you know in legal risk or they've been threatened you know uh, with legal action or whatever. Um, I think that's more likely to be honest because I don't think Google would just willingly stop selling targeted ads, but you know, regardless, I think this is a great thing. I'm happy you see Google do it, and let's get your opinions. It is. I, I, I'm honestly, I love it. I'm just kind of like, you know, you know that when you when you find out something like so good to be true that you're like, wait a minute, what are you trying to do? You know, that's, <laughs> what, I, that's what I'm kind of feeling right now. Like, I'm, I'm waiting for next week's news to be like, and Google just discovered. How to how to take your data without even you knowing or something like that like like yeah, I, I'm yeah. waiting for some sort of like gotcha moment and the fact that it still hasn't come is making me kind of happy. I think this I think this has been like a couple of days now since this got announced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of been like oh god, is this actually like real? But I'm still waiting. I don't want to get tricked. You can't trick me, Google. Not yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is if this is legit true and there's no. What's it called? Gotchas or 180 tricks coming up? I think this is fascinating. I think this is this is literally like the type of joke you would say like oh, last week if you told me that Google would do this. No way in hell I would I would even believe you. If a time child went back in time and I knew he time traveled and he told me this, I still wouldn't believe him. I will bet him <laughs> that this is not happening. This is one of your time traveling tricks. You can't trick me time travel. But I mean it's fascinating. I'm kind of curious. The like you like for said what's what's the reason behind this? Did they just kind of got fed up with um, how the public viewed them in that aspect, or is there some sort of big legal battle happening in the background? I'm really curious about. It. What do you think, too? Yeah, this is gonna be the the definitely gotta be doing something, dude. Like, come on, this is literally it's like it's like us saying that you know what I'm gonna start working for free now, right? <laughs> like, oh, you are. I got a couple projects for you, dude. There's no <laughs> way that. Google, there has to be some other way Google's making money because yes, yes, they're still running advertisements. Yes, they'll still be making money off advertisements, but targeted ads, right? Click through rates on ads are what gets them, you know, that's their bread and butter, right? So, you know, there's something, there's definitely something, uh, they definitely have something up their sleeve, right? And Google, you know, Google has some of the smartest engineers in the world. They can have anyone and anyone go and work for them, right? Because they have the unlimited resources aka money to pay any engineer in the world to come and work for them right so at the end of the day they're definitely up to something i don't know what but since it's google i'm sure they have come up with some ingenious approach to be doing something hell they might be just selling my data to the russians right so like whatever it may be but it's an it's a very interesting move by google and i'm interested to see the you know 10k filings the 10 the quarterly filings that come out and how they plan on addressing this on a more public level, right? I, once it comes up. I but, think I figured yeah. it out. I think I figured it out. I think I just realized what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a really early April Fool's joke. And they're going to tell <laughs> you that this was all a big joke and they wanted to see how people react and they're going to laugh and be like, <laughs> Google, is, Google is known for that. Exactly. And what, what, what would be an even better way to prank people on April Fool's? Doing it not on April Fool's. I would never see it coming. So, now I you think. see, the article was released on March 1st. Uh, oh, which maybe no, just kidding. Yeah. Damn it, could have been it. That could have been it. I still think it is. I mean, it, I mean, April Fool's only a couple of months, uh, less than a month away, so they 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 got time to counteract this. But 
we'll see you will uh, i i'm gonna put a little faith in you and believe that you're doing the right thing for maybe they have enough money who knows maybe they actually just looked at the bank like you know what we did it tell Let's me a company it. that does <laughs> when, apple, when apple does that right then i'll believe it all right like i haven't even seen apple do that so yeah. until that happens yeah, that's well, not. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Anyway, let's let let let's go some more into this privacy conversation, right? Uh, another 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 pretty big article coming out. So, the privacy-focused browser Brave has just recently acquired Tailcat, uh, which is a search engine. And Hell yeah. And you know what is the what's the biggest search engine in the world? Google. What do they do every time you search? <laughs> they 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 uh. They 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 load down your data. They write it down and they make and they a don't do anymore. And... They don't do ads anymore. So <laughs> anyway, Brave Brave now essentially is going to be offering profile free searching. Right, so you can make a search and you know they're not going to be building a profile on you. They're not going to be able to you know you won't be able to go like you can on Google's website and look up what you are without actually having have ever told Google what you are. Right, Google can tell you what age you are, where you live, what your hobbies are, things you like, things you're bound to buy. Like they literally have it on a page. I forget the link, but if you just Google like a Google profile or a Google ad profile, I'm sure you can find it. Um, but you know, it's kind of scary how much they can infer about you just based on the things you're searching for. Um, you know, I think it's a huge privacy violation. And I mean, Brave is doing everyone a, everyone in the world a service by offering these types of features. And I mean. I know I preach it a lot, but I should really start using um, browsers like Brave a little bit more and kind of trying to get them more built into my standard repertoire of products. Hey, they pay you in crypto. They do. You're right. They do. They do pay me in crypto. You're right. I love it. I love it. uh, Personally, for me, um, I don't know much about this search engine, right? So I can't really comment much. But um, it's definitely an interesting approach, right? Because I know, especially for Nye, who just uses DuckDuckGo for a living, um, still don't understand everyone, how you everyone do. looks at me weird, but like when, when Apple come and get you, which run pattern you're running on to get away, and I'm using DuckDuckGo to hide that information, we'll see who's laughing. All right, but anyway, like for someone, yeah, so for me personally, I'm I still use the king of search engines, right? I use Google on pretty much everything, yeah. So, but you know, it's gonna be interesting to see how Telecat does, right? Because now you're having searches that are not tailored to a person and like what they've recently searched for, like. That's from a data from a data model and, and data modeling and data machine learning perspective, right? Like, dude, that's hard to get you the most accurate results, right? Unless you you may not profile all the users and maybe you could do it on a batch based process with all the searches that you're getting, but that's still like it takes time to collect all that data. So maybe you know Tailcat has that data in a proper format for them to do this, but I, have, I guess we'll have to see a little bit more from Brave and Tailcat combination here. I mean- but it's definitely an interesting. It's definitely an interesting approach because. Now you have a true competitor to Google in the market with a browser and search engine combination, right? Whereas you didn't have that with Firefox. You have that kind of with Edge, with Edge and Bing, but like eh, Edge is Edge is still getting to getting there, right? And then you don't even have that with Safari, right? So yep. it's gonna be an interesting one to see moving forward. I actually <laughs> exclusively use Ask.com as my search engine. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually still have the Ask toolbar on my. Internet Explorer on my Windows XP machine. Ask Jeeves? Um, you got to ask Jeeves? Oh, uh-huh, of course. Oh, nice, nice. I think it's real interesting. I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i a user of Brave. I'm very <laughs> brave. Um, and I think it's pretty fascinating. I, I, I'm, I'm wondering if, if the expectations that kind of laid out kind of got nullified because a big 
appeal of this is the fact that target ads can hit you, right? But then, like, the day before, Google was like, we're not doing target ads anymore. So I wonder if that kind of, like, changed, like, oh, God, what do we do now? <laughs> that was our big appeal. But I think there's still, like, like uh, to say that, there, I think the still appeal of this is, like, competition, right? You want you yeah. want true competition on the market, and and it just doesn't exist yeah. right now. So having Brave and actual and its own dedicated search engine, which unlike DuckDuckGo, which I just learned right now, DuckDuckGo uses it relies on Bing and like Google to like give you its search suggestions. Uh, Tailgate's gonna use completely on its own. It's not gonna rely on any of those sources. So it's truly independent. So I'm I'm really curious how this works out. Well, you know. It could be all fun and games, but until you actually use it, if it doesn't help you at all, there's no point. Agreed. Yep. Definitely agree with that one. Well, I mean, you know you know how this is. I'm just going to keep going with these privacy stories. So let's get another one in here. Federal government is warning about the threat, quote-unquote, of encryption. And this is directly in relation to how encryption makes it difficult for... Um, makes it difficult for the government to actually... Um, find out who people are um, in terms of like terrorists and extremists and it kind of really inhibits their abilities to find people track people and kind of monitor for national security threats now overall i'll give my opinion quick and then let you guys give your opinion i think we've kind of talked on this topic before but i don't think encryption regulation is necessarily even directly constitutional for one book because i believe if if we look at previous history i believe the supreme court has ruled that you know, information in terms of documents is clarified as free speech. So me being able to publish whatever I want um, or send whatever data I want, right? I think even encrypted data would be covered as free speech. I believe, you know, I'm not 100% positive, but just based off some of the stuff I've read on this uh, topic is kind of what I've, I'm leaning towards. Um, and outside of that, you know, I don't think that the government could even really stop this, right? Even if it was outlawed and encryption was kind of outlawed on every platform and all WhatsApp stuff was, you know, kind of um, now in plain text and the government could get access to whatever they wanted and it wasn't end to end anymore. You know, it doesn't stop people from just encrypting data at the client side and sending it in encrypted, right? And using things like PGP networks and kind of handling encryption themselves. If you're going to be doing malicious things, I think that these are, you know, definitely trends that will start happening. And the government can't stop that, right? So they still have no insight. Now, effectively, all you've done is kind of gotten rid of privacy for the rest of everybody else. Um, math, you know, math doesn't just go away, which is all encryption is. It's literally just math and probability. Um, it just doesn't go away because the government says it's bad, right? So what do, what do you guys think about this? It's interesting. I would say... Uh... I, I think that you know pretty much it, it's it's interesting how you know with encryption we you know we praise encryption and security stuff like that but again we t- talked about the thing a long time ago it's a double-edged sword right yep you know it, 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 we the tool is great but it depends on who uses it mm-hmm. right and that doesn't mean that we should just give up on encryption right that, that that's not the the point of the, the point of this thing but it does mean that we face a, a unique challenge when it comes to these things. And I think this is going to be, you know, of course, first of many examples of encryption being used for the wrong thing. Um, but it, it just means that we have to, you know, leverage even stronger encryption and prevent, you know, these encryption being, tools being fall in the wrong hands. It, it's going to be a weird balancing act, especially as 
you know, we talked about, we want security and policy focus, you know, applications be more available to everyone. You know, we talked about Brave and we talked about uh, how Google stopped doing target ads, you know, privacy being more of a forefront. The more these tools are being spread out to the public, the more chances are it's gonna be used for, I guess, you know, not attended uses. So it, it's difficult to say how this is gonna be, um, but I, I can see, you know, instances of this being on the uprise as privacy becomes a more uh, heated feature. What do you think too? You know, it's definitely interesting, right? And it's definitely tough to guard against this, right? You know, I've been saying this um, in the past and I've been saying it, you know, more consistently lately, but like I said, technology is the next big industry that's gonna get targeted for regulation, right? I have a very strong feeling that there's gonna be regulations on what security chat platforms can use, what security do data providers have to actually provide to make sure your data is safe. There's gonna be a lot of different realms where all this will be applied and all the security will come to fold. And regulation is highly overdue for the technology industry, but it's like four has brought up many times in the past too, regulation will also stifle creativity, right? And so it's a very hard balance to get here. And honestly, it's just going to get harder and harder as the years progress. Yep. Right. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But it's um, it's definitely right from a federal perspective, right? You can't build. You can't build a back door for the federal government because inevitably a hacker will get access to that back door. Yep. It's just a known. It's just a known trade in the tech industry, right? So. The clock. That's gonna. It's gonna be. It's gonna be hard, but it's um. It's also safer for the average consumer now at the end of the day where everything's getting more and more back to the way it originally was where the government doesn't know anything, right? So. Yeah, pretty much. It'd be interesting how this thing turns and out. And you know, like, like I said, you have all these public algorithms, right? You've got Diffie-Hellman for key exchange. You've got stuff like RSA and Palier encryption, which is literally just generate a pair of keys, distribute it using, you know, some type of Diffie-Hellman key exchange or whatever. And then it's it's simple. Just It's literally just exponents. You're just, you're just using exponents. That's it. Right. And you can easily and securely send messages back and forth, you know, some random numbers, some large exponentials and bam, you've got a message that can't be cracked without the key. Right. These 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 topics, this math doesn't just go away. You know, so even if you in, in, in a, introduce regulation for this, I, I really, in my opinion, I don't think that a lot of your, um, you know, bad actors and people that want to do harm and are trying to plan illegal activity, you know, like terrorist activity, um, like extremist activity, overall bad people, I don't think that they are going to really pay the same price that average consumers will in terms of, you know, your messages are now open for hackers to see. You send a credit card number, if that can't be encrypted, you know, someone will pick that up, right? You There's so many other areas of risk that are created, and I just don't think you will actually solve the problem. Yeah, I, I agree. agree. 100%. Um, anyway, two other, two other quick articles. I know we're going a little bit over time here, so... Um, I'll just quickly run through these more, more, I guess, uh, government related articles, one more privacy and uh, cybersecurity related one. So the U S government for the first time in a while, um, the CISA, it's the cloud and information security agency. Um, I believe that's what they say. I'm sorry. The cybersecurity and information uh, infrastructure security agency, the CISA, um, they recently had to release a directive for all government networks to run a certain patch um, in order to protect against a Chinese hack on Microsoft's Outlook Exchange, their emailing system, right? So this is kind of big. Uh, you know, you've got one government body kind of directing everybody like, hey, right now, please go update this, right? Massive risk, mm -hmm. um, obviously a big problem. 
And then one last article in terms of internet and government. And this is kind of totally un... How do I say? Unbelievable, right? Just because we all know how government handles the internet. They're always, you know, so far behind and out of the loop and have no idea what's going on. Um, Various senators have called on the FCC to quadruple base high internet speeds, right? So throughout the pandemic, everyone has kind of realized that slow internet is not an option, right? People need to work from home. They need good good internet for being able to upload and download documents to be able to take part in zoom calls and you know live streams and whatever and webinars and you know speeds of like three megabits per second and slower are no longer cutting it and you know in america we should be able to provide speeds faster than that way faster than that to everyone across the country so if we look at it this is the senators that were on board with this you're looking at michael bennett from colorado Joe Manchin from West Virginia, Angus King from, I believe this is Maine, and then Rob Portman from uh, Ohio. And this is actually a bipartisan initiative here, right? You've got one Republican, one Independent, and two Democrats um, that are backing this push. You know, it's very rare to see. You know, we live in very political times. Things are very polarized right now. So being able to see a bill that everyone kind of get behind and back is a breath of fresh air, very refreshing. Um and, you know, I think they have a really good point. This is something that should be happening right now. And, I mean, it should have happened earlier. There's no reason for the government to have to push for this type of stuff from our broadband and connectivity providers. So, uh, yeah, you guys, if you want, briefly kind of give me uh, your thoughts on those last two articles. Um, I forgot the other one before that, to be honest with you. But for this one, that's the one. Exchange. Yeah, uh, I'm not surprised on that one. That's a, it's the Chinese. When, they're, when are they not hacking something that we have, right? Yeah. So that's... It's like a normal day-to-day basis there. But for the um, – this was an interesting one, right, the FCC one, right, because I'm you are you guys already know I'm a huge proponent of increasing internet speeds across the whole nation for, you know, children and for people who are, especially in this whole COVID environment, don't have access to this. And so definitely a huge proponent of that. <laughs> yeah, so. Nine, what are your thoughts? I mean, the same. I pretty much agree with you. It's, you know, especially with, you know, the Chinese, you know, this, that should be like kind of like a – or pretty news, just kind of snap along. Yeah, that should be just a given. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. really? Okay, yeah, wow. Okay, well, that's the my Chi- news for Monday. Chi- I move on. The Chinese and the Russians, right? There's always something. They don't happen. like us. They don't like us, okay? Yeah. We, gotta, we, gotta, we, gotta, we should just sit down and just talk out our grievances. You know, so we don't, they don't like each other. We don't so we got to talk our grievances yeah. out. And the FCC, I mean, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with too. I completely agree. I mean, it's just the type of thing I, that, you know, I hope they get more help and, you know, hope they sort this thing out. Yep, absolutely. All right, guys. Anyway, we went a little bit over, but, you know, I wanted to get through some of these cool articles, so happy we did. I hope you enjoyed this week. You know, if there's uh, anything you want to hear us talk about in the future, go ahead and reach out to us on social media. Um, Be happy to do maybe a special... At the Point 29 Podcast on literally every social media. Yep. Um, Other than that, uh, we will see you guys in the next episode of TechCast, episode 28 next week. I believe it is Nine's week, so... We all know yep. that there's going to be an absolutely jam-packed week of tech news because it always happens definitely, for next nice week. So and then and then and then expect a nice no news week after that. Yep. There's nothing going on. <laughs> maybe maybe a, maybe a Chinese hack, but that's it. That's a given. Yeah, that's usually <laughs> that's usually my week. There's never anything going on in my weeks. I don't know why. You know, it's Did so like? funny, right? Everything goes on during Nine's week. I feel like there's so much privacy news during my weeks, and then Two's week has like nothing. <laughs> the universe speaks. Dude, to like, us. Have you guys heard of the Tamagotchi? It's back, guys. <laughs> it's like, back.
<laughs> That's big news, okay? Don't lie. Don't joke about that. <laughs> All right, guys. Anyway, it's been fun, and we will talk to you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Take care, Bye, guys. guys.